Cousins throws. Pass is caught for the win. Kyle Rudolph and the Vikings are moving on. Absolute stunned silence here in New Orleans. Oh, that is another brutal playoff loss in this game. How many years in a row can I get through this? Seriously. Oh, I feel bad. The hands of the Vikings, too. Oh, man. Welcome in, everybody. This is the South Lot Football Guys podcast. I'm your host, Evan Newberger. With me, as always, we got Robbie Larson and Adam Sidek. Uh, guys, we got to get into uh, the wild card weekend that was and then uh, get everybody set up for the divisional round. But first, before we do that, why don't we get into some news and notes? <laughs> We're talking uh, coaching moves here, guys. It's uh, it's definitely that time of year. Uh, the most recent firing, uh, Jason Garrett, after you know Jerry Jones wanted to kind of drag it out for some reason. Kind of don't know what was going on there. It was like <laughs> apparently Jason Garrett earned too much respect to fire, but not enough respect to like extend his contract. Uh, it was a weird situation. But uh, Jason Garrett, Jason Garrett on the outs officially now in Dallas, um, taking his place, Mike McCarthy. Uh, guys, why don't you touch on that uh, real quick? That's a interesting hire for me, uh, especially in the fact that uh, you saw at the end of the uh, Mike McCarthy's uh, uh, years in Green Bay, he refused to run the ball. It almost seemed like even in a good young talent like Aaron Jones and. Uh, when you have Zeke as your centerpiece, I would hope he will use him the way he has been used as a workhorse and a guy you could rely on. Um, I, th- I think this is great for Dak. I think uh, Mike McCarthy could absolutely help out Dak to maybe take a little step up from where he is, at least as a passer. Um, and, you know, it, it would help the pass catchers involved too. Yeah, I, I, I'm sort of with Robbie. I, I'm, I'm a little concerned on the fit. As far as scheme wise, uh, you know, I think when you look at this Cowboys team, you know, the last couple of years when they've all been healthy, winning division championships, it was, you know, on the back of a great O line and a heavy run game. Um, I know this year Dak had a lot of good stats, but it didn't, um, you know, it didn't uh, act, I don't know what I'm trying to say, it didn't accumulate the wins. Um, so, you know, I I really think that this team needs to get back to running the ball, um, more of a power O offense, and I'm not sure that's what Mike McCarthy's specialty, and uh, definitely he didn't really do that a lot in, at, towards the end of his time in Green Bay. So, uh, yeah, not, I'm I'm not thrilled with the fit. Um, yeah, it has to be. I think there has to be somebody better for them than Mike McCarthy. Oof, yeah. We already talked about this, Ed, but Mike McCarthy, too, does not look good in white. Hopefully silver might be better, but hey, yeah, I'm I'm scared for what's gonna come on high definition television. Jira, Jira had him uh, <laughs> had him over for a sleepover. Must have must have convinced him that. <laughs> Who knows what happened? My goodness. Um, the Panthers uh, went out and they signed Matt Rule, uh, also known as the brother of Ja Rule. Uh, this one didn't go to jail <laughs> for Firefest. Uh, now Matt Rule got a massive contract for the Panthers. Uh, after uh, really turning around the Baylor uh, Bears program, 
And uh, he got seven years, $60 million, So that's a huge deal for somebody that has not coached in the NFL before. Uh, we'll see if it pays off. But, um, you know, obviously he's done a lot of good things at Baylor. That, that program was uh, down and out after the Art Bryles situation. So, uh, yeah, not not uh, <laughs> not, not, a, not an easy a, task to turn around yeah, that Turn around team. the Panthers will be easier than turning that around. That's for sure. That's for sure. Um, but, guys, I mean – what were what your thoughts there? I, I kind of like, of all the roles that were available, I think this was probably one of the more enticing and, and I think probably the best equipped team to succeed in the near-term future. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you mentioned the Baylor turning that around. I mean, he turned around Temple before that too from just a bad team to a somewhat respectable one. Uh, this is very intriguing. I, I think he's got a... Decent team to work with, and Panthers uh, finishing as badly as they did. They're going to be able to get some additional pieces to help out. Where we'll see what the quarterback situation is when that time comes. But I mean, when you got Christian McCaffrey there as your workhorse, uh, you can't go really wrong with that. Yeah, I I, I think this is a really good hire. Um, from everything I've heard in the college rankings, he's uh, every everyone seems to love him. Like we mentioned, ter- completely turned around a you know a terrible situation when he. Got to Baylor, um, you know, they seem like they're back. Um, it's interesting. I think the Giants really wanted him. Uh, he used to coach for the Giants. Um, did did not get him. He ended up going to Carolina. And, you know, he I didn't I, even step foot in the building, did he? No, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't think he did. Yeah. That, that was. Yeah. Um, but, no, I, I think I think that fit with Carolina is good. He's got a lot of weapons to work with on offense. I, he came out today and said that he's not rolling Cam Newton out as their quarterback going forward. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, but I, I definitely I think it's a good fit with the Panthers. Yep. All right, guys, rounding it off to uh, Joe Judge, the uh, wide receiver coach for the Patriots, is uh, officially the New York Giants uh, head coach. And on that note, um, yeah, this is somebody – with uh, not a lot of experience in, in, you know, we've seen some of these uh, position coach hires, uh, you know, that jump immediately. They surpass that coordinator role, and they jump immediately to the uh, the head coach position. We've seen people struggle with that in the past. So, I don't know. Maybe after all this, somebody should hold uh, Dave Gettleman in contempt. And who better than a judge? But, um, <laughs> oh. yeah, I, uh, I don't know about this hire. Uh, Adam, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't know about this hire either. Um, you know, this, this guy is primarily a special teams coach, um, first with Alabama, then with the Patriots. Um, it was only this year that he took o- taken over um, responsibilities for wide receivers coach. I don't know. This one's sort of a head-scratcher, but, uh, you know, Dave Gettleman's in for a good head-scratcher too. You know, I think only time will tell. Uh, you know, I, I don't th- I think it's too early to judge at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, trying well, to think of a punt over there. <laughs> he just threw a Robbie a grenade of a punt to follow up. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, but yeah, yeah, that was bad. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm confused by this hire too. This is this feels like Dolphins last year when they were just trying to pick off some Patriots coaching staff, and I'm not sure that's gonna. It's going to work right away. This might be an early signs of a Giants tank next year. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, it's not very exciting of a hire to me. I, I just don't know what to think about this. Yeah. 
I mean, Giants are a team with a lot of weapons. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they. Yeah, I forward. mean, they, they they should be able to improve on this past year for sure. I mean, they had a ton of injuries this past yeah. season. Evan Ingram was pretty much gone for the whole season. Sterling Shepard for a good chunk. Golden Tate was not missing. 100%. Saquon not a hundred percent. Drew Locke, uh, not Drew Locke. Why did I say Drew Locke? Uh, Danny Dimes. Yeah, he, he wasn't. He missed some time too. Um, yeah. So. We're, we're, I'm guess this is going to be something we're going to see what they do in the draft and what they're going to go forward from there. Yep. All right, guys. Well, that'll do it for our uh, news and notes. Time to uh, get into the weekend that was a uh, wild card. So um, the that was wild first wild game of the weekend, guys. Uh, Texans Bills started off kind of as a dud game. Bills went up early. Texans couldn't get anything going, and then. You know, a little late in the uh, the third quarter, all of a sudden Deshaun Watson started heating up a little bit, uh, started connecting downfield and uh, scrambling, scrambling and a few plays. big plays with his legs, and sure enough, they tie the game uh, late and in overtime. Uh, they, you know, again Deshaun Watson was able to make a few plays and they were able to pull it out. So uh, that was that was a big win for them at home because I think Bill O'Brien probably wouldn't be the coach of the team right now had they lost that game. But uh, what were your guys' thoughts on that one? Yeah, I thought it was a you know, pretty crazy game. Um, you know, Josh Allen had some really good moments, um, had some really bad moments. Um, I, I, I think the difference in this game is probably just Deshaun Watson on on the side of the Texans. Uh, both defenses, I think, play, 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 played pretty well. I know the Texans. They had a couple drops for what looks what could, what could have been pick sixes, but um, yeah, I, I thought it was a really good game. Um, Texans pulled out in the end, and like you, like you mentioned, I think I think good old Bill Bill O'Brien needed that one for sure, especially the way they started that that game off. Mm-hmm. I think I saw that there were nine drop passes this weekend, and five of them were on the Bills. So that's not that's not helpful for Josh Allen yeah. if he, your receivers can't bring him in. But I mean. I guess he also throws rockets, so it might be tough to bring him in sometimes. But, you know, Deshaun Watson, you know, that kind of just shows why why he ended up winning the national championship in college, why he's this uh, uh, prolific player is because he could pull it off. He, he could, could lead his team from being down for so much in that second half and be able to pull out the victory. Yeah, still a good season for the Bills, though. They they yeah, they played they played absolutely. really well. That's the team on the rise. The arrows point the right way for them. Yep. So they'll Completely. be back, and they're probably uh, looking at winning that division next year. They might hey, be yeah. actually. Yeah. Very. All right, uh, guys. Uh, game two uh, on the docket was the uh, e- or, I'm sorry, it was the uh, Patriots hosting the Tennessee Titans, and this was a sloppy game, but. The uh, Titans, they have the perfect game plan to win a game like that, and it was the Derrick Henry show. Uh, 167 yards rushing, uh, just just uh, was able to put the game away from him, and uh, you know they were able to dominate time and possession and look good doing it. It was a you know good gritty hard nosed way to win a game. Uh, you know being able to do that on the road in the playoffs against a good defense is not easy. I was impressed with what the Titans did and. Uh, who knows? Maybe uh, Brady's last start at Gillette, um, last start as a Patriot, kind of felt like the end of an era. But uh, Robbie, I'll start with you. What were your thoughts on that game? Man, it's it's definitely telling when the t- 
Titans only had 76 yards mm-hmm. passing, and they come out and win that game. Uh, Derrick Henry was just unstoppable that game. 182 yards on the ground. That's just unbelievable. That's that that's the game plan they needed a, a, to have coming against these Patriots, who have been pretty good in coverage, and they made it work. Um, you know, Brady throwing that pick at the last second when they pinned him down within the half yard line. Oh, that was a great punt, by the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't think that gets that was appreciated enough. I mean, punt. that was a very clutch putt. And, you know, Tennessee, they, they came out with a good game plan. Mike Vrabel throwing in a little bit of uh, Bill Belichick tactics by just running down the clock um, when there's almost two minutes left when they're punting on fourth down just by penalties. Oh, that. That, that was just that was just well played by the Titans. Yep. You know, I'm glad they they got that victory. Yeah, speaking of, uh, from the, the the audio from the game, I guess Bill Belichick was saying that Kern was the best player on the Tennessee Titans, so he was definitely <laughs> worried about that punt. Uh, no, I think this was a great one for the the Titans. Um, you know, they they stuck to the game plan. I, I would have thought if you would have told me that, yeah, like 76 yards passing, AJ Brown with only four yards. I would have thought that they would have lost, but uh, they didn't. Defense played great, really um, kept everything in front of them, didn't allow any big plays, and um, they stuck to their game plan, really warm out, had a huge drive at the end of that first half to get them a touchdown, put them up, um, and held serve uh, in the second half. I got a huge win for the Titans. And uh, like like you said, it's not, it's not Jordan at the foul line uh, going out for Jordan, but yeah, Tom Brady throwing that pick at the end it isn't – isn't a great memory if that's going to be his last last throw in Gillette. Yep. Let's let's give it a little credit to Evan here for uh, this Titans plus five lock. Ooh, on this the last lock time. of the week hit. Yeah, how about that? That yeah, feels good. You see, yeah. we locks don't stop when the season ends. You know, no, we we take we take it into the postseason. So, yeah, yeah, we'll try to stay hot this week. Um, next game up, guys. It was the uh, Saints hosting the Minnesota Vikings. We touched on this one a little bit earlier, but uh, just another heartbreaking exit for the Saints fans. Uh, you know, for whatever reason, uh, I, I told Adam this. Uh, that was probably some of the best toss play execution I've ever seen uh, by the Minnesota Vikings. Every time they ran, especially the weak side toss, uh, it was it was a guaranteed eight yards. Um, Delvin Cook looked like he had a ton of energy left. Uh, looks like uh, a couple games off at the end of the season really helped him out. He had a big burst of speed, and you know they were able to spell him with Madison. And uh, you know Thielen was able to get involved. It's really the first time we've seen him uh, with significant involvement since the injury. So that's good to see. Stephon Diggs, um, you know he was throwing his helmet around, but uh, you know he's still talented. So. They were able to win a game without much involvement from him. Um, you know, and, and what can you say about uh, Kirk Cousins just, you know, being able to tear it up, lead the team down the field. Uh, that's the bomb pass to Thielen. That's the throw of his career right there. So uh, it's a big throw in a big moment. you got to give him a lot of credit. Um, Adam, I'll turn it over to you. That was, that was a tough break for uh, for the uh, lock of the week yeah. there. So I missed. Yeah, uh I don't know. I, I still think that the Saints were the best team in the a- NFC going into the playoffs. Um, picked a bad time to have the worst game of their season. Um, that's for sure. Um, 
Vikings did a really good job of neutralizing Cam Jordan. And like you said, Evan, on those toss plays, they they doubled down with a tight end to make sure that he wasn't beating them. And then they beat their athletes on the outside. They were, they were torching them on those plays. Really good game plan and really good coaching uh, job by Mike Zimmer here. Um, I'll, I'll coach Sean Payton, and that's that's really tough to do. Um, I think the most surprising thing for me in this game was how well the Vikings were able to get after Drew Brees. I I, I haven't seen that happen all year the way they were they were able to do that. And um, you know, Saints set a record for lowest amount of turnovers on the season. They had two two in the playoff game, and that's that's really what did them in. Yeah, I mean, the only team that played the uh, Saints uh, offense that well, even remotely close to that at home, was actually the Falcons. When the Fal- That was a very similar game yeah. to what the Falcons did to them uh, a few weeks earlier. I wonder if Zimmer threw in the tape of that and, and picked up a few things there. But, uh, Robbie, anything to add? Yeah, I mean, that, that was absolutely great co- coaching Zimmer. Uh, I, I definitely agree with you guys. Also, in some way, it kind of seemed like the Saints didn't even... They weren't ready for this game at all. It's almost the Vikings getting that extra week to just focus in on this game kind of helped them out a little bit, and the Saints just weren't ready for it. And, yeah, I I mean, this was not a great showing by the Saints. I mean, they started off slow. They were able to get it going later on in the game, it seemed like, but it was just too little too late. Yep. All right, guys, finally, uh, it was an interesting game in Philadelphia (laughs) as the uh, Eagles took on the Seahawks. Poor Carson Wentz. uh, (laughs) The headlines aren't stopping here. Uh, People are still going to wonder if he's the the quarterback of the future for the Eagles. So uh, we'll see. But he wound up leaving the game in the first quarter with a concussion, uh, had his head hit off the turf pretty bad. In came uh, Josh McCown, who... Held his own uh, for it being a playoff game, uh, but you know they came up short. The uh, Seahawks defense was able to do just enough. Had a couple big stands at the end of the game. A uh, couple costly errors by some young players on the Eagles. Uh, Miles Sanders had a big drop uh, on fourth down, and you know they they just fell up short. And uh, you know you have to wonder what would have happened in this game. Uh, had Wentz played the whole time, but Robbie, it worked out for you. You hit your lock of the week. It's a lock. That's the wrong button. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a. Uh, it turned out pretty well for a low-scoring game. I mean, the Eagles were never out of that game, though. They're never out until, like you said, the Miles Sanders drop um, late in the game, and uh, I mean that's that seems like how the Seahawks win the games. They they. They're always within one score. They yeah. they play tight games. You know, there's nothing much you could say about that. Yeah, I mean, really, it, it was a really tight game throughout. Um, yeah, feel bad for Car- Carson Wentz. Josh Josh McCown played, I thought, pretty well. Um, if, if he threw the ball away a couple of times, uh, he would have had a better game because he was holding on to the ball way too long. A couple yeah, of guys got some sacks, but. I think what I took away from this game is just how damn good DK Metcalf was. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they win that game without him. He he was their primary offense, and then when they needed a first down, and called his number on that last play, and he came through. Um, yeah, phenomenal game from him. Um, and I think I think Seahawks have got to got to use that kind of game plan to win if they want to, um, you know, pull up, pull it off again this week in the divisional round. But uh, yeah. 
DK Metcalf hell of a game. Yeah, they're they're gonna need to because it, their run game has not been working no. ever since Chris Carson left. They uh, people need to remember uh, come August next year that for the last six seven weeks it was not Tyler Lockett in this passing offense. It was DK Metcalf as the number one playmaker on this team outside of Russell Wilson. And uh, yeah, as you said, Adam, uh, you know. He made big play after big play. What he, I think he had over 160 yards receiving. Just a huge game for a, a rookie. Um, I think, boy, he's far surpassed his expectations. Um, you know, and he, he lived up to that uh, combine hype with that amazing 40. But, uh, yeah, yeah, good on him. And we'll see if they can carry that into uh, Green Bay. Uh, but, yeah, they're, they're riding high right now. All right, uh, with that... Uh, Definitely want to take you to uh, our Can't See Me Player of the Week. Right before your very eyes, you won't even visualize. Guys, we talked this one over, and um, yeah, I think it just has to be Kirk uh, Cousins, I believe. You know, it was 19 for 31, uh, 242 yards, one touchdown, no picks. Um, just, you know, had a great game. Silence the critics. People were wondering if he could show up in a big one. Uh, this is uh, this is a big moment for him. So, you know, gets his first playoff win. We'll see if he can build on it. Uh, but till then, guys, I mean, you know, we'll see what he can do against the Niners. But big game for Kirk Cousins. Yeah, definitely didn't see that coming. Maybe because I was a little too busy sleeping on my temper pudic. Oh my god, temper pudic. Did I? What, what did I say? Temper pudic. <laughs> I don't know what that is. It might be one of our sponsors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what, Kirk Cousins? It was a twelve o'clock noon start on a Sunday. Pretty normal for him. Uh, definitely not a prime time game. So uh, you know, see what happens this week. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, hell of a performance for him. Uh, you know, maybe he got his monkey off his back, but you know, let's let's see him do it again this week in uh, against that uh, San Francisco defense. Yep. All right. Well, with that, uh, I think we're ready to get into the divisional round. But uh, before we do that, we got to hear from our sponsors. We're coming back with an old sponsor for you, Effin' Round Brewery. They are now offering options for the gals in your life with their new line of veggie-infused spiked drinks. Each can is power-packed with a full day's worth of vegetables and enough alcohol content to get you feeling good. Try one of their fresh concoctions, such as Cool as the Other Side of the Cucumber Cosmo, Scrawny Spinach Scotch, or Magic Mixed Greens Margarita. Go out and feel good without the guilt. Go out and have an effing round veggie. All right. Thank you, effing around. Uh, you know, big power move by them to get involved in the playoff podcast. You know, those uh, those That's spots, where the money's at. Those advertisement spots aren't cheap, so good for effing around. Thanks for uh, keeping the lights on, guys. All right, guys. Uh, as we talked about, the divisional round is here. Uh, you know, a lot of good uh, games here to take a look at. And uh, the first one on the slate, as we just got done talking about, it's the Minnesota Vikings heading to San Francisco to take on the 49ers. Uh, the Niners are seven-point favorites in this one with an over-under of 44.5. The weather for this game is expected to be mild and dry, but it will be a little breezy. Uh, with that, Adam, I'll turn it over to you. What do you think happens in this one? Um, you know, I, I probably wouldn't feel... 
I don't feel that great about um, two of these games this week, but this is one I feel pretty confident. I, I, I like the 49ers here um, laying a seven at home. Uh, I, I think a couple things. The Vikings on short rest this week, they sort of got screwed with the, the schedule that they're playing. They went from playing the last game on a Sunday to the uh, or the, the third game on a Sunday to the first game on a Saturday. So they only have six days in between games. Um, I don't think we've ever seen that in the playoffs. Um, so it'll be interesting. And then with the 49ers, they, they've they had to buy, so they're a little bit more rested. Um, you know, they really haven't had too many big games in Levi Stadium in the last five years, so I expect that crowd to be pretty ramped up. And, you know, I, I think we saw a really good – game plan from the Vikings I just don't know if they have the talent to beat the 49ers who like I said have a full full week of rest um I, I think the 49ers win pretty handily here um I think the defense gets it done I think they limit Kirk Cousins and uh really get after him with the pass rush but I, yeah I'd, I'd lay the seven here I I agree with you Adam uh you make a very good point with the short rest um I don't know what the NFL was thinking with their scheduling and why they mixed up the uh the AFC and NFC uh splits the way they did but yeah the Texans an extra day yeah the Vikings are getting absolutely screwed in this one if I was Zimmer uh I would be not pleased uh with Roger Goodell but um Roger's got a long list of people that are pissed off at him so um yeah, I like the 49ers, though, in this one. As you said, uh, short rest, I think, matters, especially uh, just getting off of a physical uh, playoff game when they travel down to New Orleans. Uh, but the reason I think the Niners win is going to be their front seven uh, defense, uh, particularly the defensive line. I just think they're going to be able to get a lot more pressure and uh, handle the run a lot better than the Saints did. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, the Niners' defensive line, though, has really been the driving force behind their success all season, and so I think that will continue here. Um, if that offense and Jimmy G is able to, you know, keep keep ahead of the chains, uh, get good solid uh, yardage on first and second down, you know, if they can avoid third and long, I think Jimmy will have a good game, limit turnovers, and they should be able to cover the seven in this one. I completely agree with everything you guys are saying. I'm on the Niners, too. Uh, seven points. I mean, we, we we saw the Saints. This was about their line last week, and uh, they, they got surprised by the Vikings. But I, I see the Niners, their defense. Uh, I, I see these two teams just in general are kind of similar, except for the fact is I, I think the Niners are better on both sides of the ball than the Vikings. I think their defense is better than the Vikings for sure this year, uh, especially that front seven, like you meant mentioned Evan um and yeah Delvin Cook's been great running the ball for the Vikings but I think the, Shan- the way Shanahan develops his run plays um I, I think they he's able to do it a little more efficiently and I think the Niners are going to be able to get up at home in this one and uh, you know short rest that that definitely plays a factor I I'm not worried about this minus seven for the Niners here all right so that's it, guys. We are all agreed on the Niners for this one. So Niners minus seven at home. Game two, it is the Tennessee Titans heading to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. The Ravens are nine and a half point favorites in this one with an over-under at 46 and a half. Interesting weather on the eastern seaboard this weekend. It's supposed to be in the 60s, um, and it will be wet in this one, and the wind will be howling. so... Um, could be reminiscent of that uh, Ravens-Niners game earlier in the season. 
But with that, Robbie, I'll turn this over to you. What are you expecting for this game? Yeah, I, I mean, when you get the wet weather, uh, you you could see more of a grind them out kind of game. For me, when I'm looking at this game, I think nine and a half points is a lot for a Titans team that's been um, playing pretty good football lately. And if there's one weakness of the Ravens defense, it is the run game, which Derrick Henry, we just saw, he could do that pretty well. And I, I'm just gonna, I'm just seeing a lot of running in this game. I think this might be the shortest playoff football game you'll ever see because they just run the clock down so fast. Um, but I think the Titans could keep it close. Nine and a half is a lot of points here. Uh, I would have expected it more to be maybe like seven point spread here. So I'm really liking the Titans here. Um, honestly, if the Ravens are to cover this nine and a half, I really think that they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. I, I think that just proves that they're over the top elite and pretty much locked in to win this. Um, but but I, I'm expecting the Titans to keep it close. Well, I wouldn't go so far as to say that the uh, Titans are going to win this game. Uh, I think they, they stand a chance, but... Um, I'm not saying they're going to win this. Yeah, I don't know. No, <laughs> not at all. I'm just saying they're going to keep it close. Okay, all right. Yeah, I I like the Ravens in this. Or I think I like the Ravens to win the game here. But you know, with the weather factoring in, uh, I think you have to uh, take the points here. Nine and a half is a ton. And uh, as you pointed out, Robbie, uh, this Ravens defense, their weak point is against the run. So as long as Derrick Henry is not worn down and he's still got something left in the tank. I expect them to keep this game close. Um, if they are uh, called upon to throw the ball, I have faith in Tannehill to be able to spread the ball around to his receivers. Johnny Smith can create matchup problems. Uh, he's really come on strong at the end of the year. And then he's got weapons on the outside uh, with Corey Davis and A.J. Brown. So, um, you know, I, I think they have the weapons to keep this game close and their defense is playing well. Um, you know, that being said, I just, with these sort of conditions, I don't expect, uh, too much vertical threats happening in this game. Uh, both teams are going to be looking to run the ball and it should be relatively low scoring. So with that said, uh, I think nine and a half is way too many points to, uh, lay here. So I'll take the Titans. Yeah, completely agree with everything you guys are saying. Um, you know, when you look at these two teams, last matchup, um, Vikings, 49ers you know those are both two teams that you know try to get a similar offense going um really similar teams in the way they go about uh attacking but in this game you know you got two teams that love to run the ball um a little bit different styles with the Ravens they're more of a uh, read option quick hitting type running attack where the Titans are just grind them out um you know give Derrick Henry 33 times but the ball 33 times a game uh I think that the latter with the Titans, I think with the weather conditions being real wet, um, I think that favors the Titans. I think that they can really establish a good good uh, run game, maybe get four or five yards or uh, carry. Uh, I, I think both teams will have a lot of success running the ball, but um, what I, I feel my, uh, my lock of the week this week is going to be the under on this game. Uh, the line is at 47. I don't see either of these teams getting a lot of points this game with all the conditions and you know that they really like running the ball um that's that's their mo so i i really don't think there's a lot of points 
getting scored in Baltimore. It's a lock! No! All right, well, we'll see what happens there. Again, that's one of the games I'm really looking forward to this weekend. I'm expecting a uh, physical slugfest in that one, so we'll see. All right, staying in the AFC, uh, it's going to be our early game on Sunday. Kind of a weird start here. Uh, I think it's a 2 o'clock start here, uh, which is a little strange, but um, it's the Texans heading to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. The Chiefs are nine and a half point favorites with the over under set at 51. Uh, the weather is expected to be mild. Uh, temperatures around uh, in the mid 40s to low 50s. And uh, weather is expected to be dry and the wind will be calm. What we're thinking here, guys, uh, you know, this is, uh, this is kind of a toss up game for me. I'm leaning Texans. Um, I think getting. Uh, Fuller back is a big deal for this team. I think, uh, you know, they definitely got a little bit of a kick in the ass, I think, with the slow start that they had against Buffalo. But uh, it was the jolt they needed. They, uh, you know, the defense really settled in, was able to, uh, you know, get a hold of things. And uh, the offense came alive late in that game to do just enough against the Bills. And, you know, I'm thinking with Fuller back, they might start clicking here. Uh you know, this is a Texans team that has already beaten this Chiefs team on the road in Arrowhead. It was probably the Texans' uh, best game of the year. Uh, if not that, then it was probably when they paid the, played the Patriots. But um, they've shown that they can play this team well. Um, you know, again, nine and a half is a lot when Deshaun Watson's your quarterback. I think the Chiefs will win, but. Uh, I just feel like this is a backdoor cover game, uh, and I'll, I'll take the Texans here. Not sure how confident I am in it, but uh, again, just seems like too many points. So give me the Texans. Yeah, I I, I love the Texans this week. Um, you know, I think the key factor here is Deshaun Watson. He he's only um, he hasn't lost by more than eight points uh, only twice in his entire career NFL and collegiate um, always keeps his team in the game I think I think he steps up to the plate and has a huge day uh, I don't think the Bills pass rush is as good as the Chiefs or I'm sorry vice versa the Chiefs isn't as good as the Bills pass rush so I think they're going to be able to give Deshaun a little bit more time uh, I know he got sacked seven times uh, they were lucky to win that game with that but I, I think they protect him a little bit better a lot of time for him to uh, throw downfield and have him will for Fuller back is going to help, and I think they make this a close game. I'm not saying that they will win, but I think this will be a lot closer of a game than the line at nine and a half. I I, I was surprised that it was that high. Yeah, this is a this is a high number. Um, Vegas having it as the highest scoring the game of the week, I I think it's pretty accurate because I think you could see a shootout out of these two teams. Uh, this Texans defense, even with Watt back, I don't think they're scary whatsoever. I think. Mahomes and Tyreek and Kelsey, so that that whole passing attack, I think, is going to be able to have their way on offense, and that's just going to mean the Texans are going to have to keep up with them. Um, kind of like what Evan said, I'm not, I'm not super confident on this game. I don't know what to think entirely, but I know Sidex pointed about how Watson keeps games close, um, just historically, and the fact that I think there might be a very real possibility of a backdoor cover. I'm going to side with the Texans here because, I mean, that's a lot of points. Yeah. Nine and a half is a lot for a playoff game. Yep. Yep. 
All right. Uh, well, guys, we are all agreeing again, uh, but that's going to change here as we go to game four. Uh, the Seahawks, coming off their win in Philadelphia, are heading to Green Bay to take on the Packers. Uh, the Packers are four-point favorites in this one with an over-under set at 47. It's going to be cold up north, uh, but it will be dry, and the wind shouldn't be too bad in this one. Um, Adam, I'll turn it over to you first. Uh, what are you expecting here? I'm, I'm expecting a Packers W here. Uh, I just think they're, they're, they're a superior team. Uh, when you look at the Seahawks, you know, I think half of their total yards was from passes to DK Metcalf. Um, I think I just think the the Packers find a way to you know take take away the biggest weapon there. Like Robbie mentioned earlier, they had a lot of trouble running the ball the last two weeks ever since Chris Carson went down. I just think the pack the pack get it done here. I, I they'll probably lean on Aaron Jones with the weather being pretty cold. Aaron Rodgers is going to make a couple plays to uh, the wideouts. I yeah, I just see Packers uh, not having a lot of trouble here covering the four points at home. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you. I like Packers minus four. Um, I'm going to lock that up as well. It's a lock! No! A lot of things, I think, are going uh, in the Packers' directions here. The first of which being that, uh, you know, they, they had that extra week to get healthy, rest up, prepare for the Seahawks team. Um, I think that's a big advantage, you know, being at home, to that's a great home field advantage that they have up in Lambeau. Um, I, I think, you know, people may not realize this either. The Packers have the far superior defense of the two teams in this game, and I think uh, their defensive line uh, will be able to set the tone early in this one. I think you're going to see a lot of uh, Zadarius Smith chasing after Russell Wilson. You know, that guy's been damn near uh, impossible to block this season, so I look for that to continue. And probably the matchup I'm most interested to watch in this one is I want to see Jair Alexander on DK Metcalf and see who wins in that battle because I think uh, that could be the difference in this game. Uh, if they're able to neutralize DK Metcalf uh, you know, by uh, putting Jair Alexander on him and shading safety help, you know, there's just not a lot of uh, options for Russell Wilson to throw to. I'm convinced Tyler Lockett is playing with some sort of injury that they're keeping quiet because he has just not been the same player uh, for the last six, seven weeks. You know, I, I'm not convinced the Seahawks can run the ball uh, when they need to. Uh, meanwhile, on the other end, you only have perhaps uh, the most talented quarterback of all time under center for the Packers. So a lot of things going in the Packers' direction here. I love a minus four. We'll lock it up. That's fair points. I, I'm going to go the other way of you guys. I'm going to be on the Seahawks on this one, um, mostly because four points, Seahawks and, and the Packers, I, I mean, I could see these two teams playing it close, and I could see a final score of maybe something like 21 to 17. Uh, keep it within four for the Seahawks. Uh, I, I see a lot of possibility of it coming down to fi- last-second field goal that the Packers kick through to win. Um, I, I, I could see the Seahawks coming through and just be able to play close like they have been all year. Um, but the one thing I, I like more about this game is this over under this over under when I first look at it, um, I thought that was kind of, uh, I mean, fair number just based historically because of these Packers and Seahawks. But then I, I, my gut feeling was that this should actually be lower than it was. 
And I took a little bit of a data dive into this one. And, you know, I'm real, after that, I was really loving the under, and I'm going to make this one my lock. It's a lock! No! So here's, here's kind, of, kind of some of the things I'm kind of dove into. On the Seahawks side of the ball, one of the things that stood out for me, I think you guys might agree with this, is that since Chris Carson went down, uh, Marshawn Lynch and uh, Travis Homer, they have not really looked the part. Um, I mean, Marshawn's been able to sh- shrug off tackles, but he doesn't hit that hole with the same kind of explosiveness that Carson um, has been. And it, it just seems like their offense has been relying on more so on the passing, as you could see with like DK Metcalf, right? So uh, I kind of looked at the numbers before and after Chris Carson um, getting ruled out in that Cardinals game. And um, when you compare it to the opponent's average, um, their Seahawks overall scoring has gone down 30%. Their total yards down 7.48%. Their passing's gone up 11%, but that's because their rushing is down 52%. And that's what their identity has been this whole year. They've been a rushing team behind with Chris Carson and Rashad Penny. And with them gone, it's been hurting them. Um, kind of taking these and um, applying it to uh, the average of the Packers defense. And I'm seeing that you sh- should project it to see a 16.2 points out of the Seahawks, which is way under what the 20 and a half this Vegas line implies. Now, when you look, when I looked on the other side of the ball, I noticed um, the Packers, um, whenever they scored more than 25 points, there was one trend in common, and that was that the team they were placing, playing against had a much worse pass defense than a rushing defense. Um, the one exception was Kansas City, who's got a much stronger pass defense than rush but I would like to say that might be a little bit of an outlier because maybe they're trying to just play up to Pat Mahomes' level. But all of them where they scored 25 or more points, um, all the, these defenses are just had pretty bad pass defense or a lot worse than their rush. And Seattle, their metrics, um, they're much better pass defense. So I think they're going to be able to hold the Packers to a lot Hold, hold them to under 25 and you know if it you might be looking at like a 21 to 17 score here and I, I'm really liking this under 47 that's a high number for two teams that it seems like they've been kind of they struggle to put up points sometimes yeah you saw it towards the end of the year too they were leaning more and more on Aaron Jones and uh, Jamal Williams in the, the rushing game I, I I really like that under as well mm-hmm yeah, I think that's a good bet. Um, you know, this Seahawks team, they are a long way removed from what I would consider their peak. I mean, this team was really playing lights out when they had, um, it was Carson, and it was like Will Disley, um, yep. you know, making big Rashad plays. Penny. Rashad Penny. Uh, Tyler Lockett was at full strength. That was when this team was at its best, and, and they're just a long way. I mean... It feels like they've just been scraping out wins. It doesn't matter. I mean, they've beaten some good teams. I don't want to take anything away from them. But it, like, even when they're playing bad teams, it's like they're they're getting up early, but then they're just like sitting on it and they're blowing big leads and and they're barely you know escaping. It just hasn't looked pretty for the Seahawks the last five six weeks, and I just think it catches up with them here. Packers are rested, and you know, 
they're at home, and, and it's a great home field advantage. It just feels like the pack should have this one, but Robbie, we'll see. Should be an interesting game, though. I just think just Russell Wilson knows how to keep it close. It's just one of those things for it's me. True. I mean, I I completely agree that by all everything you look at, the Packers should be able to cover this, but you know, just the way the Seahawks play, they keep it close. Russ but is I, Russ is definitely the X factor in this game, but I, I don't like a lot of points in this game. I, I, yeah, I could see I could see the Seahawks being held under ten points. I could absolutely see that. Too. Yeah, I don't think they get to twenty. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't think there's yeah. much of a chance of them doing that. Yeah, I love the wow. under in this game. Wow, that's interesting, Robbie. You know, given that you think the uh, Seahawks won't be able to score that much, that you're still siding with them, though. Well, I don't think the Packers are going to still score a whole lot either. Right, right. I mean, we'll see. We'll I mean, see. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, um, that'll that's uh, the weekend slate of games. So. Right now, what we want to do is, uh, before we get into our playoff payoff challenge picks, I uh, want to recap what we did last week. So I'll start it off, guys. I had a, uh, a tough loss. I had my three-team teaser. It was looking good. Uh, Titans plus 15. I mean, that was easy. Bills, Texans under 53 and a half. Come on. They had a hard time getting to 35. Um <laughs> Saints plus two and a half. That was that was supposed to be that was supposed to be a lock, and oh, they did not come up. <laughs> so I'm down twenty five bucks. Yeah, I had a similar fate. Uh, I just had the Saints minus seven, and yeah, they tough game, tough game. Did not think Kirk Cousins was going to go off and win that game, but yeah, I did not damn it, he did. Yeah, definitely didn't see that coming. But you know the the gamble on the t- Titans money line. Hey, that that hey, did something. Yo. Winner, winner. Hey. There we go. Let's get a noise in there for yeah. that. All right, all right. So to uh, revisit this, Robbie, you are up $48.75 on the competition where me and Adam are down $25 each. So you have a $73.75 lead on the rest of us. Yeah, buddy. So with that, I'm coming out swinging this week. We've got a three-team parlay out here with – some teases kind of built in to, to make this a little bit more reasonable, but uh, I'm on Packers minus four, so my lock of the week. And then I bought the Chiefs down to six and a half, and I actually took the Chiefs. So um, I like that. Trying to protect against that backdoor cover a little bit. And then I got the Titans plus 11. The tease on the Titans worked well last week, so we're going to ride it again. And that's 25 to win 100, so we'll see what happens with this one. Yeah, um, you know, I've got a pretty comfortable lead I'd like to say right now, so I'm gonna I'm gonna diversify a little bit. I'm gonna make a little uh some uh, softer plays here. I'm gonna start off with a teaser of the uh, 49ers plus three, the Titans plus nineteen and a half, and that Texans Chiefs over forty one points. Uh, I think they're gonna get at each other on that one. That's twelve bucks. Uh, to win 10 and then I'm going to throw the rest of my uh, 13 bucks um, on the Seahawks Packers under 47 on my lock and that's going to be to win $12.15 so I really like that one okay Adam last but not least what are you thinking for this week no I had a teaser that I really liked Uh, we're scratching that because I was only going to make $21 if I won Um, 21 21 uh 
So yeah, we're going a little bit more uh, more oomph here to get back in the game. Uh, definitely don't want Robbie getting free dinner. So <laughs> <laughs> wait, I do. <laughs> yeah, we're going pack uh, minus three team parlay. We're going pack minus four and a half. Uh, we're going Seahawks Packers under forty seven, and we're going Titans Ravens under forty six and a half. Uh, it's twenty five to win one fifty five. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Wow. All right. We'll see what happens with that one. But, uh, yeah, me and Adam clearly playing catch-up here, uh, swinging for the fences to try to get back in the game. But uh, Robbie with the big lead, doing the uh, the, Je- the Jeopardy thing, you know, diversifying, not, not putting everything out there. So I see you. All right. Well, guys, that'll do it for this week's episode. Um, thanks, as always, for joining me. And uh, good luck to both of you uh, this week with the playoff action and good luck to everybody out there uh hopefully uh you know we can uh all make some money this weekend but until next week take care